Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about TV shows and movies that we turn to time and time again. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I'm joined, as always, by my little cozy kangaroo sweater wearing <laughs> bespeckled nugget, Chrissy. Who party people? How are you doing today, Chris? Oh, I'm all right. I'm okay. Just okay? Yeah, I'm, uh, it's one of those, you know, it's just, a, it's one of those days. Things are really repetitive in your 30s. Have you noticed that? Uh, I Yeah, I'm in my 30s with a baby. It's Groundhog Day <laughs> every day. I always wondered, like, when will things feel like I'll feel content and it won't feel so chaotic and I'll feel calm? Then you get there and you're like, holy shit, I miss the chaos. Oh, I don't. No? I don't miss the chaos. Sometimes I just want someone to be mad at me or something. I think I, I'll be mad at you. <laughs> I think I miss having reasons to get dressed, like dressed up and like go out. You know, I don't even go to weddings that much anymore. Oh my God. You used to go to so many weddings every year and then every shower too. I was a busy gal. Oh my God. You had so many dresses. So many dresses. dresses. And it's just now it's just what I'm wearing again. Yes, I'm a year postpartum and I'm still wearing maternity leggings. I'm still wearing a maternity bra. You have a podcast that has comfort in the title. Yeah. You're... Eat, sleep, comfort and watch, in. comfort pants, comfort, comfort. bra, <laughs> comfort everything. What's been going on in your life? I, w- I wish I could say something, but again, it's just the daily. Well, you're missing the party of the century happened. Did it? Yeah, my son's birthday. Oh yeah, I was like, what party? Yes, uh, little Max turned one years old, and we had a safari themed blowout. And I can't recommend enough to people outsourcing if you can. Even just outsourcing within your budget for someone to decorate. Oh, yeah. I knew that I don't have the bandwidth. You know, for my niece's birthdays, I used to do flower walls. I used to do like streamers and handmade, all this shit. And now for my own son, I was like, I'm going to hire someone else to do it. Yep. But he was a happy little boy. He was spoiled rotten. And it was the highlight of my week for sure. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, it was a party with everyone you know at it. Which is overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but as an introvert, my nightmare is hosting things. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I hate thought it. you liked it. I absolutely hate hosting. I love my friends. I love my family. But I hate being the reason why people are there. And I hate mingling. Really? Like, you know, making sure that everybody is seen. Not, not that I hate it. It's just so exhausting to me. Yeah. Like, I had to go home and take a two-hour nap to decompress. My wedding? My nightmare. <laughs> you worked really hard for it to happen i know i just i get so insecure that everyone doesn't want to be there and then i'm like oh i gotta make sure that if someone's alone in the corner i need to go talk to them Mm -hmm. it's just not filling my cup the way i think it charges other people yeah like so grateful but i don't think people say enough how much it can be a nightmare for personality types maybe just don't host things anymore oh i'm done good he turned one that's it that's good but like you know i'm not the the Christmas host, like I was the Christmas person who hosted. I just, I, it's over for me. This was it. This was my swan song. <laughs> well, you can, now you know you can cater out. You can hire some woman to put balloons wherever you need. It's essential. Put little, little safari animals with little hats on it. She did a great job. She did a great job. I was surprised. I thought you had some decorations in your trunk and I was like, what are we doing with these? Because <laughs> this is not going to make a party. Well, no, they were to decorate his high chair and then I forgot the high chair legs. <laughs> So instead of like the beautiful photo where everyone's like, oh, crouch beside the high chair feeding the baby cake, we just like literally stood there 
And as we're singing happy birthday, Max leans over and rips my hair. Yes. And I'm glad my hair extensions didn't come out because that would have been so embarrassing. But no, it was a good week. But now I'm tired and I feel like summer is officially starting because all the kids are out of school. Mm -hmm. As you're listening to this, it's probably later on in the summer. But like for me, this is the part where I'm going to hide because all the kids are out and I don't want to see them. Yeah. For me, this is the part where I get really sad that all my friends are poor. No one has a cottage. You, you're rich. You have a cottage. Good cottage. I don't. I can't afford a second dwelling in you're, this economy. Listen, you have a second fridge before everyone else had a second fridge. <laughs> it's because I owned a, a bakery that um, ran out of money. Oh, so I just had an extra fridge. I thought it was because you could afford an extra fridge. No. You can afford all the drinks in the fridge that's true but at what cost i i we're, we don't have extra money we have beers for people to come over and no one comes over you told me once that your like perfect life would be having a cottage that you and jeff your husband <laughs> people like who jeff who <laughs> Goldblum. yeah you and jeff goldblum host is yeah. that still the dream yeah i always thought you you've made it when you have one a cottage Two, a fridge like filled with Red Bull and you don't care if anyone drinks it, even though they're like $2 each. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get yourself a Red Bull. And that you are in the kitchen all day being like, I'm just going to make everyone some pizzas real quick. And that's my dream. We have very different dreams. And I I don't I don't have children. I, w- I won't have children. But I'm hoping that eventually all of my friends' children will be like, you're way cooler than my parents. Can yeah. I come to your cottage? And I'll be like, we got Sea-Doo's. We got Red Bull. Let's fuck this shit up. So you... that's my dream. I have like a 20-year plan. Okay. It's just right now, no. No. Right now, right now, I have nothing. I feel like you've made it when bills are automated and you don't even need to care. You're just like, oh, well, that bill came out? Like, that's making it. Me. That already happened to me. Oh, I mean, it happened to me too. But now I'm on that <laughs> leave and it's a little tight. I was like, that happened to me a little while but ago. But like, you know, like that's making it for me. Everything else is so extra. Like, okay, my 20 year plan, I'm either going to make Matt buy a war, like a rundown chateau in France and then mm-hmm. start whatever social media account I have, like rebuilding it. Yeah. Or on a different plane, be a snowbird in Florida. Oh, that's also in my plan, but it's South Carolina instead of Florida, but yes. One has me like envisioning my life wearing like linen shirts Mm -hmm. and like a rattan hat and like holding freshly cut flowers. The other has me wearing like enamel earrings (laughs) on Golden Girls Wicker Furniture. Yeah, I think my dream used to be like Muskoka, like Northern Ontario. No, ticks. Yeah. Now, though, when I think about like how I want to retire, I do want like a cottage beach house as my only home on the ocean in somewhere in the southern United States. That's the dream. I want to see I want to wake up and see a palm tree and some water every day. That's make that to me made it. Okay. That's all I want. Sometimes I just say, I, I want to go on vacation. I don't care where as long as there's a palm tree. He's on vacation. <laughs> I want to be on vacation. Man. Well, let's talk about the movie that we watched this week because it kind of transported us to a different life in a way. <laughs> Very different time. Very different life. What did we watch? So this week we decided to watch The Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. which we realized it still lives because every other sentence is a tiktok sound exactly which that's great like i'm glad things have longevity i also think it's one of those 
rare rom-coms that men actually like my husband does like this movie really yeah and he doesn't fight it at all and even john krasinski said in interviews that he was such a huge fan of that movie and that's how he fell in love with emily blunt and that he actually thought that like he was starstruck by her because of how big of a fan he was of that movie it's something something about it men actually enjoy which i think is unique in the rom-com world especially for a rom-com so focused on fashion Yes. Off the top, we need to issue a content warning, trigger warning oh, about hard, this movie. Hardcore trigger. I've never experienced a movie. I I don't remember it being that bad, but I knew it was a plot point. There is a lot of unhealthy comments about weight, size, food. It's such a fat phobic movie. <laughs> and I think that they're trying to do it for jokes. But also, I'm kind of like, are you, you're not joking. I think it is supposed to be like a commentary on that world. For sure. But then also you're casting Giselle Bündchen. Yeah. Who's part of that world, you know? And everyone is incredibly skinny. Very. Including Anne Hathaway. Yes. If the biggest diss you can give someone in this film is that they're a size six. I mean, it's from 2006, which I don't think people remember how horrible it was to be a woman in 2006. Horrific. The endless weight criticism, the tabloid culture, it was awful. Yeah. This movie... You're right. I think they are trying to make a commentary on the world of fashion. If you're sensitive to that, this is not the episode for you or this is not the movie for you. Yeah, I don't want to focus too much on it. No. But it is like, yeah, if you have trouble with even disordered eating talk, because they do talk about um, how they diet in order to maintain their weight. If it's not for you, I wouldn't actually watch this movie. I, I think that aged incredibly poorly Mm -hmm. though weight is still a topic in many movies and still used as the punchline in many movies this is he he literally calls anne hathaway six because that's her size i know it's a little much it is a little much obviously for those who don't know this movie is based on the book by the same name Mm -hmm. written by lauren weisberger based on her time as an assistant to anna wintour the editor in chief of Vogue. Which is really f- timely. Again, this will be out a couple weeks after this happened. But recently, a job posting leaked or was revealed that uh, to be Anna Wintour's assistant. And the most notable point was that you're basically on call 24-7. But there was a list of, of requirements. Oh my gosh. It's a very long job posting. Okay, so basically this job posting is saying the successful candidate will be extremely organized, efficient, deadline oriented and able to multitask and prioritize in a fast-paced matrix digital media environment this is a tremendous opportunity for an ambitious business savvy professional who is past passionate i can't read about culture fashion digital media and content how much do you think this makes does it tell you yes in new york yes god see this is hard i want to say like low ball forty five thousand dollars a year but it's got to be at least 75 60 to 80,000 USD. You could make that working at Costco in Canada. It's basically, oh, this is an interesting plot. Demonstrate emotional intelligence, judgment, discretion, and confidentiality in all matters. (laughs) Don't write a book. (laughs) Contribute to content assignments. Man, this is just basically... They want you to be able to do everything, but you're just going to get coffee and stuff probably. Field calls and emails. Mm-hmm. Provide strategic calendar management. Do they have Demal Chalier? Did Demal Chalier confirm? I have Patrick on the phone. This is, I don't know how anyone who has seen the Devil Wears Prada would want this job. No. And if you do, you're a masochist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Let's go through the film. All right. The main character of the film is Andy, Andrea, Andrea, however you want to say it, uh, Anne Hathaway. She is kind of a, a recent grad, I would say, from journalism school. We find out later that she was she actually got into law school and turned it down to chase her dreams to be a journalist. She is smart, has had accolades for her writing, and about a janitor's union. That's the jan- big. That's the big selling feature. Be like, she's yes. smart. She writes about janitors' unions. Yes, about basically that she writes about mundane things, yes. and there's only specific places that she would probably fit in she is pretentious and thinks she is above a lot of publications because of her janitor's union success mm-hmm. she's dating uh adrian grenier yeah his uh her boyfriend who is a chef or a sous chef she has friends one works in art one works in i don't know finance or something and her life seems small and and not you know, glamorous, but she's happy at least socially. Yeah, it seems like she's a very dedicated intellectual. Yeah. Who doesn't see the value in fashion or pop culture. She seems kind of out of tune to all of it. Yes. And the way they show this is her hair's a little messy. She wears chapstick. She wears chapstick. Her shoes are clunky. Her sweaters are frumpy or lumpy, as uh, she would call them. Uh, She eats an onion bagel and does not care that her breath smells bad. She's just an every girl, you know? Yeah. So she can't find a job in the field she believes she should be in. And she ends up applying for a position at Runway, which is our pseudo vogue here. Mm -hmm. And uh, she thinks she'll be writing but really it's an assistant job for the editor-in-chief. I made a note of why would anyone who wants to be a writer feel like not writing professionally would be the way to get closer to a writing job? It's probably because just like that job listing, it says like be part of... Right. I think it's like from what I gather from that job listing, it's probably gonna be like pitch ideas, but don't execute. Yes. Because you're gonna be too busy picking up coffee and dry cleaning. But... I thought it was really interesting because, sure, this job is going to get you in front of a lot of people, but it was an odd choice personally for me to be like, I'm going to go straight as the assistant and not as a junior writer or a, like, you know, start in the mailroom to be like, that to me felt more like a jump than going straight to the top as an assistant. Yes. She made it seem like off the hop she wasn't aware that it was that position exactly or at least if you're an assistant to an editor you probably aren't going to pick up skirts from Calvin Klein and scarves from Hermes. Maybe maybe uh, you know, if you're if you're an assistant to an editor at something that is not a fashion magazine, it actually probably is a lot of seeing the process of editing, seeing everyone else writing, being able to pitch your own stuff from time to time, getting in close with the editor. It probably is a great position anywhere but there. And I'm an editor. Yeah. I'm a senior editor. And my life is not anything like that. No. But one of the things that struck me, and listen, I love this movie. I want to preface it by saying I love this movie. I don't watch it as often as you do. But just how unprepared she is for that workplace. Like, You're going to tell me you're going to interview to be the assistant to the editor-in-chief and have no idea who any of the people she's talking about are? The who's Miranda line, I was like, I thought you were smart. Yes. I'm not smart. And if I have a job interview, oh my God, I know all of their social media. I find everything I can find. Sometimes I email people directly that work there to try and get a job just by being like, okay, it seems like the email address is here, first initial, last name at their company. And I will just email that hoping 
it hits them. Exactly. Because I know their names. I figured it out. I've been on everybody's LinkedIn. I know it's 2006 and it's not. But I think there was LinkedIn back then. I don't know. <laughs> but still, I, I pick up the magazine. Turn over to the back. Who's the editor? Yeah. Open the third page. <laughs> who's the editor in yeah. chief? anything Uh, read the last issue at least so you have something to say like i loved that piece on exactly not what the fuck is this place and then acts like she's so above it this is fashion play oh my god why do you guys care so much about fashion literally their jobs yeah this literally is yeah and now it's your job that is it was it was a very much a weird concept and i know they're trying to do like fish out of water but yeah what what why are you so butthurt about this and so confused like there's fish out of water in a sense of like the only movie i can think of is like i feel pretty where amy schumer knows so much about the brand that she wants to be in so she works really hard to get there yeah and it's fish out of water in a way but this was like babe you're just really unqualified for this job and you taking this job to me feels like again we're moving plot i get it but if i was hiring i'd be like i know that you don't want to be here that you're using this job as a stepping stone yeah so i'm probably not going to invest all my time in you yeah but also, why are you applying for this job? But I think that if she just showed any amount of effort, research, like she was open to any of it, it would have been fine that she's not fashionable, doesn't know about the world. And them saying like all these other, you know, girls kill themselves to have this job. And there's always the same girl who would die to be here. But and she doesn't. She deigns to be yeah. there. But she could at least fake it till you make it, honey. Yeah, and I think like, I've talked about this with some of my colleagues. There is, and I think this is in any industry, there are a bunch of people who love the title yeah. and not the work. Yeah. So I I can be sure that there are a lot of people who apply to publications like Runway who want to be known as the person who works at Runway yes. and not work their ass off. Yeah. But it would just really struck me for the first time through this lens of somebody who's older being like, don't hire her. Yeah. What do you think of Meryl as Miranda? I think she's spot on. I was trying to think of like who we would recast. Do you have anyone you'd recast? My only thought was Glenn Close because she reminds me of yes. uh, Meryl Streep. Yes. But also I was thinking, am I wrong to think that this is like a, an Oscar nomination like worthy performance? Absolutely. Was she not nominated? Oh, I got to check. <laughs> I thought she was. Isn't it one of her like 17 nominations? She was a nominee. Yeah. For Best Actress. Yeah, not even best supporting actress. No, I no. get that. The, I was I didn't know that, but I was watching it and I was like, this is an Oscar worthy performance as a supporting role, in my opinion. That scene alone where she has like no makeup on in the hotel and she's crying about her husband. Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah, it's it, Meryl. She was so icy, and apparently, some of the the trivia that I was reading, they say that the Miranda character had a loud, booming voice, and when Meryl showed up to set, she brought it down to a whisper. Yeah. And she imitated Clint Eastwood and Mike Nichols, who are both directors who she says make everyone pay attention to them by whispering. Yeah. Wow. And it's I think it's more frightening that she's so icy like that. Absolutely. Well, you can't really read her or you think that like you're going to get some warmth and then you don't. There's okay. So we I think a lot of people agree that Nate is kind of the villain in this movie in a sense. So the boyfriend and Andy are kind of like shacking up in this apartment that has the shower in the kitchen. <laughs> For me, who despises 
dingy apartments, like purposely dingy apartments. Mm-hmm. This was like exposure therapy to another level. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of see the Nate, the way Nate treats Andy. When she's going to the interview, she's like, oh, I have an interview at Runway Magazine. He goes, is it a phone interview? Yeah. Or no, she said, I got the job. Oh. And he said, was it a phone oh, interview? Oh, that's what it was. Which I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? I made that note by just being like, that's so rude. That's so... I think he means her clothes. But even still, I'm not going to take advice from somebody who has four sets of eyebrows. <laughs> I think that they were a bad pairing, no matter what the situation. I think her being successful or her being able to dedicate any time to her own craft is always going to be a problem. Which, as a chef, he should be... Like, chefs are assholes, but they also work 24-7 and work hard on their craft. And it, he should be supportive. He right. should be like, I'm doing the same thing. We're not going to see each other for a couple years, really. Ships in the night, but we got to do it because this is what we love. And I don't know. Back in the day, I would have said, like, career first, career first, career first, find a new boyfriend. That's fine. But with the friends stuff, I think that... I don't know. Sometimes relationships, I think, might be more important. The yeah. face I just made was like, no. No. I feel like, I guess we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. So I definitely want to come back to this. But you're right. He, there's a lot more emphasis on his career and doing well. Yeah. And even her friend's art gallery and like her being super supportive. And yeah. it just feels like they don't reciprocate that support yeah. to her because they don't understand her job. Yeah. Whereas I'm sure if her friend was like, I have an art emergency, she'd be like, yeah, man. Let me help you. Yeah, go for it. Like, yeah, she'd be the one to help. It's very strange. So obviously Andy gets this job, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's (laughs) very obvious very early on, she doesn't know how to dress. And uh, Miranda takes that opportunity to bully her. Same with um, Stanley Tucci, which is, I think this was like the beginning of the renaissance of the Tooch. Yes. He looks great in this movie. He's a great, he's like the Jiminy Cricket of the movie. He's this like fun side character that- With heart. With heart that sees her, that helps her, that shows that they're, you know, not everyone here is cold and dead. Um, and he kind of, he bullies her, but like take, it's kind it's very much a friendship, takes her under his wing. Yeah. Emily still hates her, which is uh, Emily Blunt. And after, you know, Miranda tears her apart, points out that, you know, she mocks what they do, but what they do has just made decisions for her shitty wardrobe. Yes. Um, Which is a great speech. Great speech. Apparently was influenced by Meryl who wanted to add more depth to the Miranda character. Smart. Yeah, they gave her so much. They they did make her a full person. You can see a history. You can see so many layers of her. They did such a good job with her. So then after she's basically torn to shreds, Stanley Tucci comes in as a little fairy godmother and starts dressing her, you know, size six body with what he can, ponchos and shoes. And then people start to take her more seriously mm-hmm. because she's wearing the Chanel boots. This is when, you know, there starts to be a bit of a turnaround here. That Maybe she can make this work. Maybe she can use her smarts while looking nice. To be a good assistant. And I do love that scene. I don't think I ever really paid attention to it before as anything more than the, you know, makeover scene. But I do love when he calls her out and is like, you're not trying at this job. Like, you're absolutely not trying. Yeah. You're not respecting what this magazine is. And he calls it a shining beacon of hope. Yes. And I think that's really what it was. And this, I had a question for you. Was there something in your life when you were maybe like young and growing up that felt aspirational in the way that runway is for the people in this 
in this movie. We've talked about this before. I don't have any goals. And I've never made goals. No? No, because I don't like being disappointed. Interesting. I totally related to what he said about like the shining beacon of hope because for me growing up, magazine culture was everything to me. And yeah. not fashion, like not fashion magazines. I'm talking like weekly people, in touch, star, anything that I could get my hands on that was on a newsstand to me was like I consumed it. My my nono used to give me $20 a week for lunch <laughs> for school <laughs> and I saved it to go because on Thursdays is when they would put all the new magazines out on the newsstand. And I never bought Vogue. I used to buy Glamour and InStyle. Mm-hmm. Like InStyle for me was, I thought they had the best photo shoots. I mean, Vanity Fair, obviously, and yes. Vogue. Vanity Fair has some tremendous photo shoots as well. But I thought InStyle was so much more accessible than Vogue. Tatler, I guess, is like a UK one. For me, like that was not even a thought of could I work in journalism one day it honestly taught me how to write concisely and for a larger audience because writing in magazines has to be accessible like yeah you have to like write at such like what a grade seven level grade six level yeah and so when I did go to university and wanted to become a teacher and then that didn't work out so I went to postgrad in PR realized I don't love PR no but Somehow I was working in IT and I I just started freelance writing for a blog for free. So not even like no one was paying me. And I did make the connections with my now boss. But magazines raised me to think about what goes where. And it was such an invaluable education for me that I totally understood what he was saying. And like there's a podcast, a great podcast called Las Culturistas. And they ask everyone, what was the culture that made you say culture was for you? Oh. And for me, it's two things. 90s figure skating <laughs> and magazines. Interesting. I I will say when we started hanging out in, what was it, 2013, you were the first person I've ever met who bought magazines yeah like they're you know they were around i own the odd thing i remember like somewhere in my house was the um lindsey lohan i think it was vanity fair where she's all freckled and stuff like that like the odd thing i'd buy the teeny bopper ones that had my favorite bands in it but every time we were at a grocery store it was like i'm gonna buy a bag of maltesers and this magazine and this magazine i remember being like this girl's got money because this stuff is not cheap but it was that you didn't spend money on other things you just wanted magazines yeah and I actually never put those pieces together that like, yeah, you loved it. I love it. I've never loved anything. <laughs> and even so, like I, um, the other day, my cousin's wife gave me a People magazine and I haven't bought magazines in a while because yeah. it seems like now it's just an extra expense and they're very expensive. And to be honest, the way you consume magazines now is I get the news that they're putting in the magazine before they, the magazine is out. Yes. But she gave me one and I like flipped through it and I could see how much they have not changed. Yeah. That is refreshing in a way. Mm-hmm. But also something has to change to make it yeah i wonder if they've are they yeah are they gonna wrap that up it's kind of well so many magazines have gone digital like yeah uh, in style is all digital now allure is all digital i don't know if marie claire is all digital vogue makes you pay for access to their site oh wow there are a few free articles but mostly same with rolling stone wow my subscriptions went from being print I had a Vanity Fair subscription and I think a People subscription mm-hmm. to now I just canceled my Rolling Stone and Women's Wear Daily one. Wow. And I still have a Vanity Fair one. But 
That's crazy. Yeah. I wish I could relate to this when, if I was asked that cult, the culture question, I would say I've always felt on the outside of certain, of certain cultures. There's cultures I wanted to be a part of. Like 90s figure skating was a big deal to me, but my sister was a figure skater mm-hmm. and I was not. She skated with me. Yeah, I know. So to me, I was, I was a, a fan and I've been a fan of many things, but doesn't mean I'm part of anything. Yeah. And I think I've always just stood a little bit on the outside of any kind of cultural movement. The only time I've ever been like, that's a job I want and I might do something to try and get it was storm chasing. <laughs> and then I did nothing. My parents were like, literally like, go to go to school for meteorology. And I was like, I did horrible in science at school. I, It's not going to happen. Oh, my gosh. But that's the only, i've never been like that that totally makes sense something from like your childhood wow carried over that's that's kind of impressive but i think that's why when i'm watching this movie now i'm very critical of andy because behind the scenes being in media is not you're not writing the think piece i mean sometimes you are yeah but you're also doing a lot of side work the necessary work that needs to be done so when she kind of acts above it in the beginning it seems frustrating because i'm like that's what and they keep saying millions of girls will kill to have your job and that's true it's true it's true she's not playing the long game like you played the long game very long game i'm like andy things get tough and i go i quit i don't i don't i can't see this the I can't see the strategic tre- chess moves in front of me. Yeah. And I think Andy thought that there w- would be. And then the position, it didn't, she thought it would happen faster? I'm not really sure. But I relate to <laughs> you. Relate I relate to, to her. Not that I'm I'm ever above things, but the as soon as I got frustrated, I'd be like, yeah, no, I was right. This wasn't for me. Bye. So what do you think of when she has this bakeover, which, well, you and I both agree, usually when a character gets bangs, <laughs> Rory Gilmore, it's like, a downturn yeah and it's a crisis yes unless you were born with bangs like zoe deschanel <laughs> like you know what i mean it's just very weird that somebody gets bangs and it's like oh my god Anne hathaway gets this like very severe bang yeah and all of a sudden wears like more fitted clothes and everyone loses their mind i wish they would would tell me who bought the clothes interesting note on the clothes no designers wanted to submit their clothes for the wardrobe because they were afraid of upsetting Anna. Oh. So Pat Fields had to pull from like wardrobe archives that she already had, had to buy and return clothes as soon as they wore them. And the budget for the wardrobe ended up being a million dollars. Wow. Yeah. They even pay in Hathaway that? So I, I accidentally got it wrong. I said it was Armani who was in the movie, but it's Valentino. And mm-hmm. he was the only designer that agreed to be wow. in the movie. Wow. Isn't that wild? I didn't know that. That makes sense. But also, like, it's just, it's a movie. Don't you want your stuff to be seen? I guess some of these designers don't really need it, but they should have tapped some smaller ones. But I guess that's not the point of the movie. Yeah, I guess if you're an up-and-coming designer, you don't want to align yourself against anything critical of Vogue. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I thought that was just really interesting. Maybe that's why they created that fake designer. Maybe that wasn't an original plot point. Like, they were going to actually work with. Yeah. And then they had to you know put in this guy who did not look like a designer he dressed it too normal <laughs> what did i just i said dress he it he dressed it too normal he, i said my italian accent he dressed it too normal <laughs> oh, mamma mia yeah he he didn't quite fit i always can tell designers like young designers because they are the people who are the most dressed down 
Yes. Same with like tech billionaires. The new sign of power is dressing so completely casual. Oh yeah, absolutely. So when he was wearing a tweed jacket, I was like, it's 2006, baby. Put on a studded belt and let's roll. (laughs) Yeah. What did you think about Andy's makeover fashion-wise? Well, I loved it. Obviously, I loved it. It's it's insane, though. I, I don't know if they said she... Did she lose weight for the movie or was it padding? Or... She gained 10 pounds wow. to film the beginning. 10 pounds. And it t- they said it took her a month to gain 10 pounds, two months to lose it for filming. It all went to her titas. It was all it was all boobs. It was all boobs. They made somehow she like looked taller. They did a really good job of her original clothes making her look frumpy. The like skirts that are a little too long past the knee with a sweater that's a little too long past the waist. Everything being a little like thick and frumpy and the shoes that had like no no point in them. Yeah. Which we said were probably stylish now. Oh, I own things that look like that. Absolutely. I love them, but all of a sudden she looked so much like her. It's like her posture was better. She made a million dollars. First time she ever made seven figures. I'm surprised because what was she in before this? Was Princess Diaries before? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I thought this was really her breakout role. Princess Diaries, she made 400,000 for. Wow. So really, the wardrobe budget and her salary were the same. That's crazy. They were equally important. (laughs) Very. Meryl made four. Four, that's four million. It? She was offered two. Wow. And she got four. I'm surprised she didn't get more for that. But this was 2006. That's like 80 million in today's money. So what do you think? One of the things I wanted to ask you too is when Andy has a makeover, her confidence changes significantly. Yes. And this is when her friends start really treating her differently. This is when Emily starts actually seeing her as a threat. Mm -hmm. And there is that moment where Miranda notices that she's really changing. Yes. Have you ever had this moment where you're like, I'm going to reinvent myself for a job and it's paid off? For a job? Yeah. No, I don't even know how to reinvent. I'm always, I'm always the same little nugget. I don't know how to change. But you take risks with your look. I do. Did you notice people around you treat you differently when you were like, I'm going to get an undercut and dye my hair colorful? Because people really, it's kind of like her friends don't quite know what to make of this Andy. So she's changed in a sense. So I'm wondering if you've ever changed and noticed people around you change too. No, because I'm always different. (laughs) I'm always different. So no one, people just are like, oh, this is what you're doing now or people honestly sometimes when i have like normal hair color and i'm dressed in like a jeans and a t-shirt people will be like are you just being normal now what is that about like it's more strange the other way though i do always like mentally prepare for for me to have to go ma'am i'm 35 if someone like is it like a bitch to me like because they are treating me like a child because i like to believe i look like a 16 year old yeah so I have that always like locked and loaded. Like, man, you would laugh if you knew how old I was. But That's so funny. Um, no one thinks I'm a child. Everyone definitely thinks I'm a 35 year old with pink hair, and I think judges me accordingly. But no, I've never changed. I've, I've, you know what? Like things I've changed for jobs. I, I got a job at a. <laughs> a uh racist homophobic and uh super super christian (laughs) book company uh didn't know that at the time obviously until i was told i wasn't allowed to even though we had books that included themes of magic with with, yeah well yeah magic was okay but queer characters anything that was you know remotely involving any of that that i actually wasn't allowed to promote those things like it was a social media position so even if it was a very famous book that you know we were carrying i wasn't allowed to promote it if there was queer characters which is actually insane and um a lot of stuff came to light after i worked there thank god but i trained myself to not swear which is 
I think, a cornerstone of my personality. Um, and I wore a lot of plaid pants. Um, that's it. But other than that, I think I still had pink hair for a portion of it. But I did shut down as a human being when okay. I worked there. So maybe. <laughs> but uh, no, nobody treated me well. I still was treated like a child and like shit. But I trained myself not to swear, which is something that was really hard for me to do. <laughs> so one of the things about Andy's makeover that I can't decide is, is she changing or just simply outgrowing her circumstances? Because then she meets Christian Thompson, played mm-hmm. by Simon Baker, who I find... Listen, I'm mm-hmm. not really into blondes anymore since Taylor Hansen, but <laughs> I'm not going to say Mamma Mia, but I'm going to say, ooh, okay. He's she, not for me. He's but very different spectrums of the man in her life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then when they're at the... He's like making advances to her that feel very fuckboy Yes. And they feel very like smarmy. He, yeah. He read creepy to me very yeah he's they're just like they seem like empty come-ons and it's very smart that andy treats them as that like yes. just like you're just being creepy to be creepy yes when they're at the gallery and her friend reacts to seeing her giggle yeah at another man yeah i felt like that was so blown out of proportion oh yeah absolutely she can't she, talk to other people she's like the nate she's like the andy i know is madly in love with nate Nate ain't so great. No. Where where is he? He not there. He's not here. They keep like jumping on this thing of like late night grilled cheese as like the sweetest thing in their relationship. Yeah. No. That's why I wish he was fat. (laughs) Honey, like we need to move on. I'm not saying get with a Christian Thompson, but But also you need a palate cleanser from time to time. Yeah. I probably wouldn't mix like work and play. That was a, probably a bad call. Yeah. But like, I don't think it's weird to break up and then sleep with somebody. <laughs> what about the Harry Potter manuscript plot point? Yeah. So along the way, Miranda gives her like all these random requests and pretty much every time is like, if you can't do it, then you don't work here anymore. And one was get the last Harry Potter book for my kids, even though it's not out. So this guy that wants to obviously get with her gets her the manuscript and she pulls it off and Miranda's shocked. And that's the moment Miranda's like, okay, you're my, you're my first assistant now. Yes. You're coming with me to Paris. I trust you with everything. And she did that to punish Andy. Yes. Andy went into her house upstairs and saw her fighting with her husband. Yes. So she had to like reinstate the power dynamic, but Andy pulls it off. I think in real life, there's no way that that would have happened. Well, yeah, no, that wouldn't have happened. But also I would have still quit that day. So she does say I quit, right? She tells her boyfriend I quit and he's like, good for you. This is what you needed. You're finally taking. I still would have quit that day because you work for a psychopath. Yes. You still work for someone who is willing to ruin your life for no reason. I would have pulled it off and then been like, best sex of your life and walked away essentially. Like, now you're in love with me and you don't get to have me is what I would have done to her. I would have still quit that day. Yes. And Andy has now been presented with the opportunity to go to Paris. Yes. For Paris Fashion Week. And Miranda makes her tell <laughs> Emily. Yeah. D- horrible. A horrible decision. Absolutely horrible. But Andy contemplates turning it down. Would you have turned it down? Mm, no. Yeah, no, I would have taken it. No, I would have taken it. Did the Hills teach us nothing where Lauren doesn't go to Paris and she'll always be known as the girl who didn't go to Paris? <laughs> Yeah, go to every Paris. girl's got to go to Paris. Everyone who's, I don't know, Carrie went and it didn't work out. Even Joey Potter goes to Paris. You got to go to Paris. Andy goes and it doesn't really work out for her too. That's true. Apparently it smells like pee. You've been. It does smell like pee a oh. lot. 
Good for them. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk about Paris another day. <laughs> but uh, Emily gets smoked by a, a taxi. And that would have happened. I think that would have happened whether or not she was on the phone in yeah. that moment. With I love that shot of the, the Hermes scarves flying through the so air. So funny. I thought that was fantastic. So either way, Emily couldn't go anyway. Yes. So I, that's what I would have. I would have said. Like, oh, she couldn't go because she got in a car accident. And, and yeah. That's why. But yeah, I would have went. Get, get, well, you, you gotta get that money, honey. Yeah. Get that coin while you can. Yeah. And if Emily's not going and you say you're not gonna go, then she's gonna have to hire somebody else who wants to go. Yeah. When she really, when she kept saying, I have no choice, and her boyfriend kept being like, you always say that. She doesn't. No, she doesn't. The choice is, I don't have a job. Well, th- there's a choice. The choice is, I don't have a job or I do. Yeah. And that's the job. There's no like, well, Miranda, Miranda, Miranda. <laughs> can I not go to Paris? It, you also don't owe Emily shit. No, you don't. That she girl hates you. you. <laughs> she hates you. She wouldn't think in a second to, to not to do it to you. So no. And they had that one bonding moment when she couldn't remember that person's name and, and Andy stepped in to help her. But like. That was one time. One she, time. She's horrible to you. And I didn't even see that as a bonding moment. I saw that as a moment of Andy overtaking Emily of being on her shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the character is supposed to be like, we get, we're in this together. True. But then we go to Paris mm-hmm. and everything just falls apart. Well, it shows, you know, you know, there ends up being this takeover. They don't quite understand where they're going to replace Miranda with the editor of French Vogue. Never tell us who the new French Vogue editor is. Right. Miranda pulls some strings to make sure that she doesn't lose her spot, but at the cost of Stanley Tucci. Stanley Poor Tucci Nigel. was going to be the partner for James Holt going international. And instead, Miranda puts forward the French Vogue editor at a last minute, taking the jog away from him. Yeah, she Indiana Jones does this quick little swap like you wouldn't even notice. Stanley Tucci, though, why don't they give him Vogue? Give him French Vogue. I know. Give him something. But he says, she'll pay me back. She'll pay me back when the time is right. And then Andy goes, do you really think she will? And he goes, I don't know. Like, he doesn't... What did he say? I think he says, like, he has to believe that she will. I have to believe in the good or something like that. Yeah. So he's not even confident. He doesn't actually have an emotional relationship with Miranda. No. They actually never show them having... She one time tells him... At least someone came to work today, but they there's no behind the scenes of them. She's never walked in and he's at her desk and they're giggling, I don't believe. Yeah. Or like, that would show something. Or like, they get lunch together every once in a while or mm-hmm. anything. But they, they actually don't show that they have a relationship beyond work. So no, she won't pay him back. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because Andy goes out of her way to try and warn Miranda that she's being replaced. Mm-hmm. Did you really think Miranda knew that she was being replaced or do you think it was a surprise to her too? Well, she only made the deal that day with a man who we know works in the building that they work in. So no, I think she found out that day. I don't think she found out from Andy. Right. But she found out that day. I'm pretty sure because, yeah, why wouldn't you cut this deal? She cut it right before this whole thing happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. It showed, again, this woman has many layers. And Andy does make a good point where she says, like, if Miranda was a man, no one would pay attention Yeah, to that. And that is very true. It's very true. But Miranda's not a man. So everything is under a microscope. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Andy's loyalty to Miranda in that moment? <laughs> we were saying Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. First of all, 
anyone who's listening, if you have a corporate job, their loyalty is not to you. Yes. Do not give it back. Money is great. And if your loyalty is to yourself making money, not to those people. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that Christian Thompson was was a bad guy because she finds out that he's helping with the takeover of Vogue. And she gets all butthurt and mad. And it's like, he's been given a really good job opportunity and it has nothing to do with you. My first thing would be like, can you get me an interview? Can you get me in a room with the new editor? I want to be her assistant. What are you talking? Why would you be mad at him? Because he's helping to replace Miranda. That girl has... terrible. Yeah, she hasn't... She doesn't care who you are. She didn't even call you by your name until recently. On purpose. And then she still doesn't even pronounce it right. Let it go. My first thought would be like, okay, how do I get in on this new one? Yeah, I think that's one thing. When I first watched it back in 2006, I was, what, 19? And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this this mock-up of Runway in his room? Yeah. And now I watch it, I'm like, you are overreacting, Andy, like a oh. like a naive woman in her 20s. I would have been like, oh shit, this is what's what's happening. I would have been like, oh man, yeah. are you just kidding? Had a, a rump with a very attractive man with a tummy scar. <laughs> like, And Jacqueline seems so nice. It has nothing to do with you. No, it seems crazy. I do understand loyalty to your manager because I would take a bullet for my manager slash friend. But yeah, but she doesn't pay her. She doesn't pay you. No, but different. She, but and she doesn't treat everyone poorly. Like no, that's Miranda. also true. That's also true. But I've worked for people who are like, we're a family, and you're like, no, you're not. Yeah, you're just you're just a paycheck. I have worked in those places. Too. Yeah, you're just a paycheck, and to them, they replace you. And you know, what? sometimes they actually don't even replace you because they're like, fuck you, you were irrelevant anyway. Yeah. So don't don't stress. If someone wants to, if someone's going to take over as editor at your job, yeah. let it come. Andy, Try and get in good with that person. Yeah. Andy, you don't even want to be working as the assistant anyway. No. And see, yeah, see where the chips fall. Pitch yourself to her. If you love Miranda so much, see where Miranda goes next and follow her. Don't, don't do this. It was yeah, weird. It I was think weird. It's really interesting. I mean, it was a very underhanded thing for her to do to, you know, take nigel out of a job yeah in the final moment between andy and miranda miranda calls her out on her stuff for and again we're criticizing andy love this movie yeah uh miranda says you did the exact same thing to emily and that kind of is like the final straw for andy who just literally quits and walks away yeah mid-event which i was wondering how she still got all those clothes i said that is the most unprofessional thing i've ever seen is somebody who just walks out mid yeah. midday over this. I wouldn't even think to resp- like I'm such a people pleaser that in the moment if someone was like you're a horrible person like I am, I'd be like, "Oh, we're not horrible." And we just keep going. Yeah. And then when I got home later, I'd be like, "I got to quit." I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't just walk away in that moment. It wouldn't no. even occur to me. And like of all the things that you're going to walk away from is you're upset about an action that has nothing to do with you yeah sure you're upset about the integrity of your boss you finish the day you mingle with everybody you meet that day and you lay the groundwork for your next act what's crazy is though this long day of her trying to get to miranda trying to get her pick up the phone trying to get her to tell her that they're going to take over this is the result andy wanted Mm -hmm. why are you running to tell miranda so that she could just have the knowledge 
no you want her to like yeah you what what all that happened was you're gonna go back to the exact same job stanley tucci is in the same position so he's still there to support you miranda's still in the same spot so she's still doing her thing nothing changes for you and you wanted it that way did you not what you could just not told her and let it see what happened yeah and the thing is is like i don't want to be jaded enough but any industry that you're in yeah stuff like this happens oh yeah like it's wheeling and dealing it's things that morally and ethically you don't agree with and she shouldn't have been there in, in the first place she learned a lot like she said but you're right. Literally, she got the result that she wanted. What What is your end goal of telling her? Yeah. You can cry together a little bit. No, you wanted her to, to be try and make a strategy to get to make this not happen. And That's the loyalty. You're upset because a guy who used to call you fat every day didn't get a job <laughs> opportunity but gets to keep his job. Like you don't belong. Like if you're unhappy there, I don't want to say like to anybody like it's if you're if your line is crossed. Sure definitely leave but if this was the moment that andy decides that it's too much and she just bails midday i thought that that was completely unprofessional it was a weird moment to pick yeah exactly after all that it's like this is it yeah, yeah that doesn't it make is very any strange sense. so then andy kind of goes back she goes back to new york gets a job at this new york mirror but then she meets up with Nate, who has announced that he's going to boston to be a sous chef mm-hmm. so once again it's totally fine for Nate to focus on his career. Yeah, absolutely. But not for Andy. Well, she's the woman. She's the woman. <laughs> and he, and you know what he says? You know, they have grilled cheese in Boston. So follow me. Yeah. Miranda, follow Che. Go across the country. <laughs> no, it's just three hours away, but still. Now, you said something that surprised me. You said you would follow somebody for their work. I would, I would definitely follow a partner for their work. One, because I switch my job all the time. Like, there was a brief moment three years ago where I worked at a donut shop for three days. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I forgot. Not only do I not have loyalty, I don't even know what I want to do. I don't know what I want. I don't know where I am. I don't. <laughs> for three days. And you know what? I left in such a hurry that I left my, my favorite Crocs there because I couldn't go back. It's like Cinderella. I didn't want to go there ever again. I was like, there you go. I left my Crocs behind. Yeah. I th- Sometimes I think I like change and I am all about lately doing it for the plot. Doing it for the plot. As long as it doesn't cost me like my limbs or my whole bank account, doing things for the plot is great. And if tomorrow my husband was like, we have to move somewhere because of my job, I- I'd go unless it was like Sudbury or something. Shout out to any listeners in Sudbury. <laughs> you know it's not good there. Don't pretend. No. Yeah, I don't know. Like at this point in my life, I don't think I would. But if Andy, like I feel like if you're going to make sacrifices for your career, your 20s are the time to do it. Yeah. You know, really, you only have to answer to yourself. So as long as like if there's no kids involved, there's no mortgages involved, there's no marriages involved. Like she she made the leap from going from like the Midwest to New mm-hmm. York. But they, they do not end it. As if Andy does go to Boston. It's just kind of like a door open. Yeah. She's on the precipice of something, but we don't know what. Yeah. And the the final, you know, layer of Miranda is that she gives her a great review. Says she's the worst. No one has ever disappointed her more than Andy. Mm-hmm. But you're crazy if you don't hire her. Right. Which just is a whole nother level of Miranda did love her as an as an employee. Yeah. And the reason she was so disappointed by her is because she loved her so much. 
Yeah. I don't know if she loved her, but she liked her. I think she respected her. She's not mad. She's just disappointed. That's yeah. like a parent thing. That's true. There was a little bit of like a mentory thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I, there's a part where Andy apologizes to Nate and I hated it. I'm like, you don't need to apologize for literally anything that you did. Well, she apologizes and he immediately is mean to her. Yeah. And she's like, it's not like that. It's like, yeah, he, he's not the, he's not the villain. I don't know if anyone's the villain. They just weren't right to be, it was, this was a natural conclusion to the relationship that would have happened sooner or later, I think. Yeah. I think so. That's true. Maybe no one is really the villain. It depends who you ask who the villain is. I think Miranda's the main character. True. I do. That's a good point. She's she's the most interesting. She is definitely the most interesting. I think maybe in uh, 30 years, Andy will would have empathized a bit more and understood mm-hmm. Miranda a bit more. Absolutely. There is rumblings, like, people always ask, like, are you going to make a Devil Wears Prada 2? And, like, I hope that they never do because I think it was just perfect the way it was. It was perfect. And a big part of that was the the soundtrack is so 2006. Yeah. And it's perfect. It's that. I don't know what style of music that is. It's, like... Top 40. It is top 40, but it's specifically, like, girl pop. Lots of Madonna. Katie yes, Tunstall. there was. Yeah, Katie Tunstall is the one I'm thinking of. Like that that era of music it was great. I yeah. th- it it fit it so well. I I loved the music in this movie. It was it just reminded me of 2006 real hard. Oh yeah. Other than Glenn Close, would you? Was there anyone else you'd want to see in well, that I, role as Miranda? Miranda. <laughs> um, let We're me be think. So annoying with that. I don't know. I feel like it's very rare that I could say like a role was made for somebody. Yeah. But that role feels made for Meryl. I don't know if anyone else could do it. What about you? Okay, so I put Kate Blanchett. Ooh. She's got the poise. Mm-hmm. I also put Tilda Swinton because I'm scared of her. <laughs> yes. Um, and she also was a magazine editor in I Feel Pretty. Yes. So I thought it kind of just slid over. And then I also had Catherine Zeta Jones just, again, because of the, the poise of it all. I feel like she could be dark and hard but also i don't know she i I think she's intriguing and kate blanchett could definitely do it tilda Mm -hmm. could definitely do it i don't know if there would be as much like moments of like peeling back the mask with tilda those are good uh what about andy because there are a lot of people who were almost cast as andy oh really i want to know so i picked just girls who were fat for movies and got skinny (laughs) because it was such a thing in the 90s yes who got so i picked tony collette because she got fat for um in her shoes and muriel's wedding okay that's her thing her poor heart probably is already damaged from that and then loses weight as the story goes on within her shoes she be you know finds the love of her life and becomes more you oh, know outgoing that movie oh that's gotta be on the list and then um renee zellweger obviously for Bridget jones diary i don't know i just want the whole cast of chicago to be in this you don't feel like they're a little older to be andy in 2006 yeah not renee zellweger oh i guess so but I don't know. I picked people just based on whether or not they were told to be fat for some. No, I don't pick based on how old they would have been at the time. Okay. I couldn't think of an Anne Hathaway at the time other than maybe Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, which is even before her time. Yeah. And then I put Drew Barrymore as just like a, she'd probably fit into the role of like, she's dressed as a little kooky. Yeah. And then they made her hot. I think that's possible. 
They're definitely like, in some strange world, I would have loved to see Hilary Duff as Andy. <laughs> no, she would. She definitely she would have been too young. No, I know. But I would have loved to see it. Can I tell you who was yeah, almost? Yeah, please, okay. please. So the very first choice for Andy, who passed on it, apparently multiple times was rachel mcadams yeah no that would work they oh she looks so frumpy with bangs though it'd have to be reversed she starts with bangs but she kind of had it with the what's that show it's morning glory with her and harrison ford with the morning news like she kind of has that role where she's like the bright-eyed wants to make it producer so like she eventually kind of had that role yeah other people who passed were natalie portman yeah no Scarlett Johansson. Nanny Diaries, which I also love and is very New York. Really? And that is, de- I watched that maybe a month ago. I really? love Nanny Diaries. Yeah. A rare Alicia Keys moment. Absolutely. Kirsten Dunst. I love Kir- I I love Kirsten Dunst. Me too. I love her. I probably love her in this. She, she's, yeah, I'd love her in this. People who auditioned. Okay. Claire Danes. <laughs> and this one threw me. Juliette Lewis. <laughs> what world is Juliette Lewis oh, Andy? No. no, unfortunately. This was around the time that Juliette Lewis was in Whip It. It's around it was around I yeah, think two thousand. Definitely not in the nine-ish. same vein. Yeah. No, she's a little too punk rock. Yes. A it's, little too hard to be Andy. You have to find someone who can play later Andy. And then you frump them up for original Andy. You can't find someone who's grunge already and then be like, and now we're going to make you Barbie. It doesn't really work like that. Yeah. I just, I think that they ultimately got it right. Like what if I they s- did Cameron Diaz and they did like her being John Malkovich character to start? How old do you think Andy is supposed to be? Cameron Diaz is in her 50s now. Like this is like... <laughs> No. Dude, that is, well, when, this is almost 20 years ago. Yeah, she's Andy's supposed to be like 25. Who else is, is around that age? I don't even know. I don't know. Or are we pretending like no space and time again? Yeah, I always do that. Oh, I don't. I feel like um, maybe Alexis Bedell could have been Andy. I bet she was, yeah, I bet she was considered in some way. Yeah, she doesn't have the... Acting chops? <laughs> no. I don't know. I think this is one. Of, I think this might be Anne Hathaway's best role ever. It. W- I feel like it was tailor made for her. It was yeah. perfect for her. Do you want to know about the budget? Yeah, of course. Okay, so the budget for this movie was thirty-five million dollars U.S. Mm-hmm. Box office three hundred and sixty-two million U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. And the DVD sales were probably in. I feel like everyone had like two of each of the copies of it. Of course, its Rotten Tomatoes score is seventy-five percent. I think that's perfect. I think that's good, too. I think it has some flaws, but it's... I'm glad it's not one of those... They gave it 45 because they're like, this is a woman's movie. Yeah. That's great. No, I think 75 is... Yeah, it's not Shawshank, but it's great. It's great. It is fantastic. Uh, Favorite parts? Favorite parts. I like the montage. So there's, you know, he's showing her clothes in the closet that he could give her at runway. I like the montage of her walking down the street over and over again in different outfits and hats in different necklaces, in different coats, that part. Because you see, I was actually surprised. Because for me, I think when someone has a certain style, all of their clothes look similar. But she always looked different. And different shapes and different lengths of things. And normally they don't show that kind of thing, I guess. Right. And maybe because it's not her style. That's also true. Yeah. It didn't look bad on her, though. It didn't look bad on her, but like there is no through way to her. Like Emily's character is very dark, severe yeah and then andy is just kind of becomes like a human hanger 
yeah. for all of these clothes. Like she literally whittles away to be able to fit these clothes, which is what a model is supposed to do. I love the dressing down that Meryl gives her yeah. about the the blue the belts. The, the blue belt. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> They're just so different. Did you know that Gird Your Loins was an improv line? No. <laughs> it's so good. I say it all the time. Gird Your Loins. <laughs> I, the, one of Stanley Tucci's best. Oh. For sure. And I think this is why, like, he's still so famous because that this movie, people still watch it. Now, obviously, it's still very quotable. TikTok loves it. I, I do think a lot of it doesn't age well, as we discussed. Yeah. Uh, the conversation around weight is just just horrible oddly enough it does pass the Bechtel test yes because it's a lot of women talking about Miranda that's true <laughs> so that's interesting but that if it, it didn't age well but the fashion industry didn't age well either so it can kind of I don't want to give it a pass I think it was very it's hurtful to, to watch some of the things that they say about the bodies and I think I don't know if people know this but because of this movie Emily Blunt and Stanley Tucci became friends mm-hmm. he attended her wedding to John Krasinski and met her sister Felicity and mm-hmm. is now married to her they got married and they had a kid can you imagine like that dinner at that house like I've never wanted to be like a, a guest at Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds house I only want to be a guest at like John Krasinski's and like when Stanley Tucci's over I just want Stanley Tucci to make me pasta. Yeah, with a little towel over his shoulder. With a little towel. And I, oh, I love him. And his belts. He's like, and then I add beans. I love you, Stanley. Add beans, honey. Tooch me. <laughs> Tooch, me how to, Tooch me how to add the beans. That's right. You don't want to go to Blake Lively's house? Sometimes Taylor Swift's just there. No, Blake and I don't have anything in common. I don't know if she has, she's. I don't think she has anything in common with anything that's not a paper towel. I don't know. Does she have a personality? I don't know. Sorry, Blake. You're beautiful, but... Show us more, honey. Yeah, you're not for me. Give me something else. Let's give a rating on this movie. I'm going to give it eight Chanel boots out of (laughs) ten. I'm going to give it, yeah, I'm going to say like 8.2. I was going to say like newsboy caps. Good one. Out of ten. Accessories. That's right. Accessories. Eight sidekicks out of (laughs) ten. The phone. I love the, I always wanted one. (laughs) 8.2 giant belts just in the middle of your dress that's right out of 10 which i loved and honestly still kind of rocked that style for a very long time i'm waiting for it to come back it's inevitable right well it's honestly every time i try on something and it's a little baggy i just go belt it I ha- <laughs> it's it's a like it's a disease that i have belt it oh my gosh as always we like to end episodes with our recommendations that we feel will add a little something to your mental health. These are things that we find that just make our lives a little cozier. What do you have for me this week? I know we talked about this last week, but cut your hair off. (laughs) You know what? It's hot out. It's also my Italian hair does not like the humidity. Cut your hair off. Cut it. Cut it. It it grows back. You're nothing about your emotions don't need to be tied to it. Your worth is not wrapped up in your hair. I feel like you're talking directly to me. Yeah, you have nice long hair, though. No, I don't have nice long hair. I have nice long clip-ins, and I've been debating cutting it off. I feel like I might. Cut it off. I just think it's so freeing, and, like, my thought is, in, like, three months, I get a different hairstyle, because it grows out. It's, like, ever-changing, which Mm. I enjoy, but it's been nice to just, like, wear cute little styles and little clippies, and I bloated my hair for half the time. I curl it for half the time. It's a beautiful thing. Cut your hair off. 
It's it's cozy because um, anything that's low effort leaves more time for coziness. Ultimate cozy. Yeah. You want to be comfortable? Cut your hair off. Okay. I'm going to recommend <laughs> a show. <laughs> it is too... My delight that the nanny is back on Amazon Prime. And this is a show that means so, so much to me. And when it left streaming services, I was devastated. I think like second only to Mindy Project not being available to stream. I've been watching it from beginning with my husband. And it puts me to just like, (laughs) I feel like I'm eight years old watching TV on the floor too close to the screen, wild-eyed, running to pee during commercial and while grabbing a drink. It is one of the best sitcoms that's ever been, led by one of the greatest comedy heroes of our time, Fran Drescher. I'm surprised she never had another one. Where did she go? So she did. She had a few shows called Happily Divorced. She had a talk show. She had a few books. And now she's the SAG president. Oh. Yeah. She's got a job job. She got a job job. Interesting. I, that was one of those shows that we would like wait every week for. Like so we good. loved that show in my house. It was like Full House, Family Matters, and that show. So good. I don't know if it was on. Was it on a specific night or like it wasn't part of TGIF? Was it? Do you no, remember? I think it was. I want to say CBS. Loved that show. I feel like it was on during the day. I remember there being daylight. <laughs> well, it went into syndication, and yeah. then it would be playing at um, like lunch times when you would come home from lunch from school. I need to rewatch it because I remember being very confused by the dynamic. I knew that there was a man and he had children, and that she was their nanny. But who was that other white woman? That was his business partner. I C. was C. always Backup. like, is that his real wife? I did not. Understand. And then there was a butler, and then didn't the Niles. butler and that woman? They did. Yeah, they did. I was, as a child who was like, you know, white, white people marry other white straight people and that's it. That's all I ever saw. I was like, who are all these people? And There's why never is been more Jewish chemistry. Here? Yeah. There's never been more chemistry than Fran and Maxwell. He's not that cute. Are you joking? You think he's cute? Yeah. Oh, I'd have, he's I, so handsome. I have to revisit. So handsome. Those are my recommendations. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Comfort Watch Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review. Five stars, please. We're very sensitive people. And as always, remember to stay comfy. Stay cozy. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.